This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. You know, they, they, they came hard. They, they're a uh, young team and uh, they're playing really good. So uh, we have been prepared. We didn't give them a uh, bunch of odd, but, uh, you know, hockey is a game of mistakes and uh, we probably did uh, less than them and uh, we take a uh, win. David Rinnick, winning goaltender last night for the Winnipeg Jets uh, in relief, called up. Uh, Connor Hellebuck, uh, ill yesterday with a non-COVID-related illness. Uh, Arvid Holm yesterday was called up on an emergency basis um, to the Winnipeg Jets from the Manitoba Moose. Holm has been returned back to the Manitoba Moose. Uh, Connor Hellebuck will be traveling with the team as they head out uh, to Boston and Washington for a uh, back-to-back to uh, end the the pre-Christmas uh, portion of their um, playoff schedule or playoff schedule regular season schedule uh, heading into the back half or getting close to it of, of, of the season schedule here uh, as well. Winnipeg Jets 5-1 over the Ottawa Senators last night there. Jim Toth, what'd you think of the game? Well, I was impressed that the Jets put this together. I'm yeah. glad they won. I, I thought they would win the game. I th- They won the game how we all talked about it um, down the middle with the strength of uh, Shifley Dubois and mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Lowry. Um, and then I thought there was times the Senators took the play to the Jets um, and yeah. they managed to sustain it. And David Riddich looked good. And we talked a little bit about that before the air. But I, I, I think David Riddich is going to be good in this role. And he's the third guy now. Loren Bressois, question mark. Does well. Eric Comrie brought back question marks. Does well. Eric Comrie, I looked at his stats, not doing so hot anymore. In no. Buffalo. no. And uh, but Mr. Riddich comes in and he gets the job done. So look, there's a ton of firepower. I, I thought the way the Jets beat the Senators was how they had to beat the Senators. It was yeah. down the middle and with their elite players being elite. So um, Josh Morrissey just, I mean, it's 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 like a broken he took, record. He took but the he game over. He took over the game. Yeah. He actually continues to impress. Now, so we're at a point now where we go, hey, Josh Morrissey's having a terrific season and he's in the conversation for the Norris. That's what I mean about he continues to impress. And then he goes and has a game like last night where you're like, he's even more impressive than just having a great season and in the conversation for the Norris. Uh, Kyle Connor is back to 38 points, 15 goals. Um, in 32 games, 38 points, and the slow start is now erased from what people thought um, yeah. at the start of the year. And so, uh, like with the depleted lineup where they were, and no Connor Hellebuck, uh, I, I I don't know if it was a 5-1 game, to be honest with you. No, I, thought, I, I, I thought Ottawa I don't think had so. some spurts, no. but also Ottawa's got some issues. And, and I didn't like Brady Tuchuk's game at all last night. Um, I thought Thomas Shabbat could, is a better player than what he showed. I didn't think he was the best defenseman on the ice for the Senators. And then, you know, the defensive zone coverage of just leaving Kyle Connor that wide open. Yeah. But there were also pockets of the game where this is a good young building team that I think has a bright future. Yeah, we'll bring on Ross Levitan, host of the Locked On Senators podcast. He joins Who? us. Yeah, I don't know. Did you book him? Did you book him back to back days? Um, Ross, how you doing, man? Good, good. I mean, my shift starts at three thirty, but always a pleasure to chat with you fellas. Wow. That's why. That's why I have no idea you're who not, he is. You're I'm out getting, of here at three oh two. You're not getting paid for this, Ross. This is on the house. <laughs> oh man, no, it was good. Hey, the one thing I gotta say though, 
Yeah. Being a visiting fan, that was that was too easy last night based on the way the score went. Everyone was being way too nice to me. So I don't know if that's Manitoba <laughs> hospitality, but no, it's I was not. expecting at least a chirp here or there. I got nothing. I guess they felt bad for you. Um, you know, you know the one thing I did take away from the game, and they got behind early and they couldn't find it. You know, and I, th- I actually really like the Senators. I, I haven't really watched them so far this year, but I thought they played a pretty good game. I think we saw what some of their pieces can do, um, and, I, and I, I still think they're a year away. That's just the way that, that I'm seeing this, but I'm seeing start things start to really work for them, and I saw glimpses of that last night. I think most of the game I saw that. I thought the Jets had a really good third period shutting things down, but the one thing that I took away from that game was how tough and how hard the Ottawa Senators forecheck. I was very, I was very impressed by that. Yeah, that's something DJ Smith really puts an emphasis on uh, big, heavy hockey. And I don't think he, I know Jim said he didn't like Brady Kachuk's game. I don't think the coach did either. That was the least amount of ice time he's played in a single game all year under 16 minutes. And without uh, Tim Stutzel or Josh Norris up front, that top line with Derek Broussard, I mean, great career, but like he, he's obviously, he came on a PTO, right? So, yeah. You kind of neuter the top line a little bit. You almost play with two second lines and two fourth lines, the way I saw it last night. And then DJ was trying to get anything going. He was playing like Mark Kaslick, a classic fourth line center, up with Brady and Claude Giroux. It was just a bit of a mess. And it's those defensive breakdowns. Like the Josh Morrissey goal is a perfect example of it, where there's a pick at the top of the circle. And instead of just being patient or cutting to the middle, Drake Batherson tries to take the long way around the outside, leaving Main Street wide open. So that's about as easy of a, of a walk down the middle goal as you're going to see. And then pesky momentum goals. We always talk about goals in the first two minutes, last two minutes of a period, and the shift after a goal is allowed. And the Ottawa allowed three of them before the start of the before two minutes into the second period, right? They opened the yeah. scoring a minute in, 12 seconds left in the period. And when Kyle Connor scored that goal, it's uh, opening up the second period, make it 4-1. I mean, at that point, it's basically curtains. And then classic Rick Bonus hockey where you just shut down the neutral zone and there's not a whole lot of scoring opportunities either way. Bright future, though, but uh, I yeah. wondered about Tuchuk last night and, and how that's going. Do you think that, look, I believe in him. I'm not going to question him at all, and players have bad games, and, and, you know, DJ Smith credit for him because when you sit somebody like that down for playing poorly, it sends a clear message. But I don't, I don't know if that's anything ominous. I, you know, I don't want to sit here and go, he's got to be better and this is going awry. But I would imagine the way a guy like Brady Tuchuk, Kachuk is wired that this this sort of season would weigh on him like – like this, not indicative of his play yesterday, Ross, but overall in general, I would imagine he's a little frustrated. Yeah, I could see him totally being that. And, and Thomas Shabbat, too, you look at a guy who, uh, who's who been here six full years and now it's six years of losing, right? He came in right after they made that run to the conference final. So it's a, it's a bad taste in their mouth, but certainly the excitement off the ice with the potential sale, potential downtown rank, that you mm. got to think is making sure that we're not getting the full-on trade requests like get me out of here there is hope on the horizon he he's such an animal out there though i yeah i have no issue with the way brady kachuk's playing in the defensive zone he's never going to be a selkie guy there's no question about that but he brings so many intangibles to the game and uh and has been scoring their leading scorer now three years in a row so um he, he's certainly the furthest of all the issues i think in the d zone they're giving up way too easy uh scoring opportunities in front of the net rebounds like to me, I, if I'm DJ Smith, I would have pulled Cam Talbot after the first period, not just because it was his fault, but just the way the team was playing, just to wake them up, change something. And then it was too little too late. Once the fourth goes in, it's like, all right, well, you're not going to pull him now. Just let, let him battle through. But 
Cam Talbot, obviously, is kind of the, the outside addition that doesn't get spoken about as much as the Brinkett and Giroux, but he's had a lot of good games, but a few stinkers mixed in. And to me, say what you want about that being defensive zone coverage, but if you want to win games in this league against good teams like the Jets, you need a, you need a couple saves in the first period. I think they had three goals on nine shots. Yeah, he's got to make that He's got to make that save against Sam Gagne at the end of the first. That's one he's got to have. I can I can look at the other the first two in the first period maybe I mean those two in the second when Kyle, Kyle Connors left wide in the open I mean he, I think Paul Maurice said that a few days ago when the Florida Panthers were in town as Kyle Connor gets paid to be goaltenders and make it look easy like that so I, I I'm I'm willing to give him a little bit of leeway on that one but that one against Gagne you mentioned it before Ross that was a, that was a killer and it, it it took out what was a really really good period for the Ottawa Senators and kind of just took the wind out of their sails. Well, yeah, to me, the, the, the turning point in this game, right, it's 2 nothing early. Actually, before I got to my seat, that's a story for another day, though. You know, a lot, <laughs> what, were you, <laughs> what were you up to? You, you wait all this time for the Senators to come to town, Ross. What could you possibly have been doing? You know what? Let's throw Uber under the bus. We're on Portage. We're going great. And he takes a right on Broadway and takes us down the side streets, and we're just stuck in traffic for five minutes. Oh. Anyways, that's... That's the story. That's Holy, the this sounds like Mark Mathod. I was stuck in traffic for five minutes, and there was yeah, static hey. cling on the seat of the Uber. Hey, Winnipeg's the worst city for traffic in North America, eh? How oh, dare no. you? <laughs> All jokes aside, um, no, when, when they start the way they did, it's, it's tough to get back. But then, you know, power play goal. I told you guys yesterday, Ottawa's got the hottest power play in the league. They get yeah. one there. And then Tyler Mott on a turnover at the blue line. I don't know whether it was Sandberg or Hanola. I know it's the third pair out there. He gets a breakaway from, from the center ice, and he's not able to score. I think if he gets that, you're looking at a bit of a different flow to the game. But, hey, got to give Riddick maybe some nice saves, no question. But I, I still think, like, they didn't test him enough. Ottawa's, yeah. uh, I just did the, uh, the math here, and you might laugh at how many times they faced a backup. Ottawa's four wins, 11 losses in 15 games when they played against a backup goalie this year, which is pretty pathetic. Um, by the way, you mentioned the ownership, and essentially you having your Senators podcast, and and um, if Ryan Reynolds is to buy the Senators, he is my second cousin, so if this all comes to fruition, you and I will basically be related, Ross. Oh, no way. That's yeah. good to know. Yeah, there you go. So, so Are but, you going to throw a few shekels in the pot, get, get a piece of the ownership, too? Oh, no, he hasn't talked to me since we were like eight or nine, but... I'm sure that something's coming my way eventually. Um, but he's, on just a, buying, he's just buying his time, Jim. Yeah. He'll return calls, right? He's got his own cell <laughs> you got, company. The thing is, you got to call him back every once in a while, Jim. He's got his own cell company. I don't have time to text him back all the time. It's annoying. <laughs> now, the, the invites for Christmas and stuff. I'm busy. I'm working at CGOB. But on a serious note, uh, this is just breaking news. Elliot Friedman has it. Um, Artem Zub has been signed to a four-year, $4.6 million AAV extension with the Ottawa Senators. Yes, my guy. This is actually one of the best storylines going. I'm glad you guys asked about him. So we, we used to call him the mythical creature because nobody knew anything about him. He spoke zero English. He comes over here, and he's rock solid defensively. He was a gold medalist with uh, the OAR, I guess we have to call them, at the Olympics in 2018. Um, and then won a championship with uh, CSKA Moscow. And he's just super steady, and fans have just taken on to him. It is one of the best traditions going in Ottawa is every time he touches the puck, it doesn't matter whether they're losing 4 nothing, up 4 nothing. everyone in the building chants Zoob every time he touches the puck. And the best is when it's like a quick on his stick, off his stick. It's like Zoob, and then everyone ho- holds and, and stops just 
to, but they're ready. So he's a fan favorite. He's never going to be a guy who wows you, puts up points. For the Winnipeg version of Brendan Dillon, let's put it that way, a solid defensive defenseman who's going to be physical. And he wasn't in the lineup last night. He uh, broke his jaw in, uh, a couple weeks ago against uh, the Rangers. Actually finished that game similar to Blake Wheeler. I don't know how these guys finish the game after yeah. suffering major injuries. But he'll throw a face shield on. I think he's expected to be back at the end of the week. But that's a huge piece of business. And to, for him to only make 100000 more than Nikita Zaitsev is is a mind-blowing statistic because you saw number 22, as we call him on the pod, because we, we can't throw him under the bus a million times. It's kind of getting old hat, but uh, he was dash three last night and looked every part of a guy who should be down in Belleville. But uh, yeah, with, with Zub, that's a guy who uh, obviously the fan, fans love, and uh, he's kind of become a bit of a phenomenon himself, uh, despite not being a guy who's ever going to be a, a point producer at the NHL level. Ross Levitan, host of the Locked On Senators podcast, anchor extraordinaire here at 680 CJOB. Ross, thanks a lot, man. You take care, okay? I'm just a good oh, guy. Pre- appreciate yeah, it. We'll, okay. uh, we'll have to do this again when the teams meet in the nation's capital here later on the season. Stanley Cup final uh, eventually. Really, yeah, eventually, yeah. <laughs> Next year, two uh, years from now. Two years from now, Stanley Cup final, yeah, Ottawa Senators and Winnipeg Jets. And they're going to do it in that uh, downtown arena. Game Game Six is going to be the new downtown arena. It's closer. That arena is closer than it's ever been, Jim. And when it is the finals, because they all like to focus heavily once they get to the final, both teams will stay at the Fairmount, (laughs) not just one. No, of course, absolutely. Thanks, Ross, the boss. There he goes. Um, Let's take a break. We'll come back. Take a look at your Boston Pizza sports desk. Hey, bomber receiver working out down south. I'll Uh tell you who that is. Right after this, don't go anywhere. Uh oh. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Whoa, whoa. We got a big R, a big A, and a double big T here bringing us back in. Yeah. Did you ever hear this band? (laughs) I've heard round and round before, yeah. (laughs) You don't have to say it like that. (laughs) Yes, I've heard um, them. This is it, this is all they have. Best of Me just came out like a couple of years ago. That's a great song. They're still making music? I think a better question is they're still alive. And yes, <laughs> yes, they are. Okay. Well, good for them. That's impressive. Can we get a resume in here? Is this still not CGOB? Are they still making hair metal like like this kind of thing? Or they yeah. or they've or they've evolved? No, they're country western now. Okay. Yes. That's a good move. It's uh, it's not well, I don't know hair metal, but it's uh, look, I'm not foolish enough to buy the album. <laughs> I just like the single. It was okay. I'm All like, right. good for you guys. You're still giving it. Yeah. Respect. You look 187 years old and you're still giving it. Good for you guys. You know what? I'm I'm you're looking at <laughs> I just gotta call I have to say this. I'm what I'm looking at these old rockers, <laughs> and this I'm looking at them good. in like promos and like like these guys are coming to town. It's like these guys look a million years old. These guys can still play, and there's there's not many big rock bands anymore. And it's like every time I see a photo of these guys and they still got the hair and the shades and the leather jacket, I'm like, holy it man, used to these be guys a joke. look old, man. It used to be a joke, but it's not a joke. Like some of them, you're like, you're still alive. <laughs> Stephen Percy, the lead singer of Rat, I, I legitimately said, whoa, like, what's that guy's name? Gollum of Lord of the Rings or something? Yeah, like, you Gollum, look, yeah. Yeah. But these guys have had a couple drinks and seen a couple things, you know what I mean? Yeah, like one, once or twice, yeah. I will say this. In August, when I was in California, I took my stepson to see Poison. They They still sound great. Yeah. But they look like a lot of work has been done facially. Well, they got to maintain the 
the image. It's not about how they look. It's how they look in the promotional material. I believe the line I heard at SoFi Stadium was somebody said, is that Brett Michaels or Joan Rivers? <laughs> and I, I, I looked at the you person. I said, that's that's good stuff. That's a good line. That's a, yeah. Can I take that line to Canada and use it on the air? And they're like, get away from me, loser. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. Then um, Motley Crue came out. And I've seen Motley Crue so many times on yeah. their last tour ever, and those guys look like they those guys look like they came from another planet. It's yeah. it's been a hard run for them. But Vince Neil can't even sing anymore. Yeah, Def Leppard came out, and all the guys in the band are in phenomenal shape for their sixties. Like yeah. I mean, ripped phenomenal shape. And as is Duff McKagan, Chris Jericho dropped his name. Yeah. If you've seen him now. They've all become vegans or whatever, but Def Leppard looks like they're still in their 40s and performed like it. I saw so good Def, for them. I saw Def Leppard last time they were in town, and they were freaking awesome. Uh, amazing they show. They were like, awesome. Amazing show. They were the best by far. Poison was great. Yeah. I'll say this about, because I think Tommy Lee, forgive me, but I think Tommy Lee's an idiot. I just do. How could you he's, say that? He's not a, like, he's a, but he is one of, <laughs> to this day, to Tommy this Lee's day, one of the world's most talented and skilled drummers and his performance in august was for his age and everything and then he stopped playing and wanted to speak to the crowd and said some absolutely immature 14 15 year old boy humor in his 60s now or 59 but i'm watching him and they showing him on the big screen and everything and he can still hit the skins man like he is incredibly talented yeah He's just an idiot in life. Yeah, but, well, yeah. And look at who's calling him that. Like, he's doing very well in life, if you haven't heard. But anyway, we can move on. But um, yeah. Are you still alive is often a question for the bands for that era. Uh, this just coming down the pipe here on Twitter. Uh, NHL MVP race for the Hart Trophy. Uh, who's first place right now in the voting? Or at least with the odds, the, the, the odds makers in Vegas. NHL MVP? Hart Trophy, yeah. Well, it has to be... I mean, for both ways you look at this, it's points and best player and yeah. all that. And then the other way to look at it is how you impacting your team. Yeah. And both ways, it has to be Connor McDavid. Yeah. Without Con- Connor McDavid, the Oilers would be the Senators. They'd be putrid. They'd they would be, be and I mean in the standings, not the way the Senators yeah. are built and stuff. And with him, they still have a shot at the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the points and everything else. But I will say this, and I've been beating this drum for about three weeks now. Nick, Nikita Kucherov? Yes. Why could I not? I was going to say Zuccarello. No, it's not. Nikita Nikita Kucherov (laughs) is quietly having not only an outstanding season, but his best career season. Why why is Tampa under the radar this year? I don't know. Finish your point, but I want to ask you, I want to talk about that after. He's third in league scoring or tied with Jason Robertson. And this is why no one's talking about Nikita Kucherov, because Drysaddle McDavid are doing what they're doing. And and everybody pays attention to that. Jason Robertson is having an incredible year. Um, and then people are, you know, looking at Eric Carlson in the top ten of scoring, and and his bounce back year. Kirill Kiprasov in Minnesota is a guy, Pasternak and stuff. Nobody's talking about Nikita Kucherov because yeah. he just quietly year in year out. Yeah, not quietly when he was the Hart Trophy winner. Yeah. But when I say that, does that stun you that Nikita Kucherov is fourth in league scoring it, and having his best career season to this date? It it doesn't stun me. Um, because I know what he's capable of, but the fact that I haven't heard any talk about him, not one single word, like honestly throughout this season. That's what I mean. Like, been a lot the of, there hasn't been a lot of talk. But why is that? I mean, Tampa, they lose last night to Toronto. Um, I think the game was 4-1. They, got, they gave up two empty net goals there. Um, but they, they just went on a heater and they built themselves back up. They were out of the playoff spot. 
But, the, you know, the Tampa Bay Lightning remain a team that I would not want to play in the playoffs. Well, there's two teams that I, I think that aren't as good as they were the past two to three years. Yeah. And number one is Florida. And Paul Maurice yeah. has his hands full there because time, yeah. um, they're just not as good. Uyghur being gone, their goaltending sucks other than Knight. Yeah. Um, but they got a $10 million ticket on Bobrovsky. They're not as deep forward-wise, and they, they it's caught up to them. Yeah, this is something, too. So Keith, they're still pay, they're still there in terms of dead cap. Keith Yandel, and we could talk about the 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 Flyers and and Kevin Hayes and John Tortorella in a second. Keith Yandel right now for the Florida Panthers has a five point three million dollar dead cap, so they're they're yeah. carrying five point three two. So and that's the problem. Yeah. Like like Florida is not only not as good as they were last year, mm-hmm. but they have no means to get better. Yeah, in my opinion, Tampa isn't as good as they were last year, but they're not as far off as Florida. Mm-hmm. They've just it catches up to you, but they're still a playoff team. They're still very good, and I'm with you. I think they can win a couple, a round or two in the playoffs. Yeah, but I don't know why. I think it's because the other storylines have come to the forefront, like mm. Jason Robertson. Yeah, Eric Carlson's bounce back. Everybody is now starting to talk about Josh Morrissey. Yeah, uh, there, there's just new storylines, so people focus on that. And the old familiar ones just sort of get forgotten because we get excited. Everyone's not only in this market, but everyone across the league now is talking about Josh Morrissey oh, yeah. in the, within the past week or so. But Nikita Kucherov has 47 points in 31 games. Yeah, and that's his best career start for a guy who has won a heart trophy. Is it kind of just like with Tampa? It's like, oh, that's old news. They're already good. I think Let's so. Because Jason Robertson, I was just mentioning the heart, the heart odds. He's second right now to Connor McDavid and heart and, and, and that's the way we. That's why yeah. Kucherov's not being talked about because if you tell someone Kucherov and Robertson both have forty-seven points, what's more surprising? What stands out? What's yeah. a new, fresher story? It's Robertson. But I, I mean, like, so the Hart Trophy comes up, and we'll mm. look at the lineup that Tampa has. But take Kucherov off that lineup, and you still have Stamkos. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Braden Point, who's not having a very good year, a great year or anything. You have Vasilevsky, who's been, you know, he's had his struggles. But this team has played so much hockey in the last three years. But that's my point. Like, so the Hart Trophy, I think Kucherov has to be in there. That's, maybe that needs to be part of the discussion too, is just how much hockey they actually have played. Because they they played an insane amount of hockey. They played almost probably... Pretty damn close to a whole other season than any other team. In the last three seasons, just look at the playoffs alone and look at how many six, seven-game series they've had. Like, how many times have they swept somebody? Like, even the first round last year, they went to seven with Toronto. Um, So it's just after two or three years of constantly going to the final, it's it's an enormous... Well, after three seasons, it's 16 games. Yeah. You have to win. There's four series of 28 games potentially... At three years of going to the final, that's an extra season of regular season games. Yeah. That's 80 games. Extra. Playoff games, too. Um, Kevin Hayes, the whole situation there. Kevin Hayes got scratched. Um, not this not this past game uh, where the Flyers were able to beat the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. I think the score of that one, come on, come on, come on. 5-3 yesterday. Uh, Kevin Hayes didn't get a point in that game, but he was scratched. Uh, Keith Yandel came out after he was scratched saying maybe it's time that we scratch uh, head coaches and stuff like that comes out. Uh, obviously, I mean, everybody I think knows that Kevin Hayes and Keith Yandel are really good friends. They're really tight. Of course, he's going to come out to the defense um, of his friend. But John Tortorella comes in. 
He's looking to establish uh, uh, some accountability, something that was uh, has been plaguing this team for for a number of years. So I'm, I'm not against Kevin Hayes getting scratched. I'm not the biggest Kevin Hayes fan. I was not impressed with him when he was here with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I, I just didn't think he was working. Um, just my my perspective on the things. But uh, Kevin Hayes comes back. He, he plays. Uh, Torts gets asked. Fair question from the reporter. What do you how do you think Kevin Hayes was gonna was gonna be played? Which is a question I would ask if I was if I was talking to Torts after the game. He said and Torts quote said, You guys are trying to put Kevin Hayes against me, which is so ludicrous. So I'm not gonna give you an update on him. That from John Tortorella, which is a, another classic John Tortorella quote. He keeps pumping these out. He'll never stop. You guys stop. are doing something to me, so I'm not gonna tell you anything about it. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, but but let me. Does he not beyond, see that beyond that a makes fair, it a bigger story? Well, he's never he hasn't figured that out yet. Like if he just goes, look, everything's fine. I'm coaching the team. No issue with Kevin. I did for a reason. Everything's fine. Is it? Well, but by doing it this way, it's a bigger story. And he, John Tortorella never understood that about the the league or the world. I'm yeah. going to deny you this because you guys are doing something. All the while, he's making it into a bigger story. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's exactly what it is. He hasn't figured that one out yet. Um, but, you know, the Flyers are just a team that's, I don't know, I don't even know what to make of them. I saw a quote today, Rasmus Ristolainen, I think he's played 25 games. He hasn't even got a point yet. Something like that. I mean, we got another. We got a Flyers fan here. We're talking other fans. Yeah, just ask him. Yeah, just ask this. Where are the Flyers at right now, Tyson? Tyson. Deep, deep in the dumpster. Yeah, That's and Rasmus Ristolainen hasn't got, got a point yet. He hasn't even, f- like, fumbled his way into a secondary <laughs> assist, has he? No, yeah, he's been terrible. Yeah. By the way, news of the, the day or the week is um, for the 48th time that Van Riemsdyk is available. That's wow. the Flyer again, news. Again, again. I like how that came out, and it's like, yeah, he's been available for about two years at that <laughs> 7 million ticket. Yeah, but, hey, no this is gonna news. Bite. I got to say something here, and I'm, I'm just going to have to be upright and honest. I walked in at the same time as Tyson Rewicki this morning. It's minus 35 out, maybe minus 40 at that time. When I got in, you know what he was wearing? He's not wearing long johns. He's wearing, we got these thin fall 680 CGOB jackets. He's got a fall jacket. He's not wearing a toque. He's got no gloves. And I'm thinking, what the heck is with this kid? I bring the heat, baby. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to bring the heat when you're freezing to death. You're going to catch your death, Tyson. Now you got to dress warm. Now i got a parent at work as well as at home? Yes. <laughs> he loves that CJB jacket. He though. loves it. He, he yeah. wears it all the time. Good for him. Yeah, but I'm telling you, you got to dress for the weather. I got I got layers underneath. I got like three layers. Oh, oh don't give like me I the layers. No, la- oh, I got layers. Yeah. Oh, don't worry, I got layers. You have five layers of t-shirts. Or what about t-shirts. on your toque? You're gonna freeze your head. Oh, have you seen my hair? It's like your dad's a- listening right now. He's like, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Pro- probably that's probably true. Not even wearing lo- not even wearing long johns. Oh, the long johns they come and go. Oh, Just, I- it, was, it wasn't a long johns day today. Oh, it was a Long John's day. I'm wearing my Long John's right now. Hey, what about this with the Hart Trophy conversation? Uh, Tag Tag Thompson, Tage Tage. Sorry, Tage Thompson and Tage Thompson. Um, you know what the Buffalo take, Sabres take him off the Sabers. The Sabers right now are on pace for th- this is never going to happen. They're on pace for 325 goals this season. They're first right now in league in league scoring in goals. Tage Thompson has 50 points. So three more than Kucherov and Robertson in 32 games. And he's got 26 goals. Yeah. Now, he's not 
he's not the Hart Trophy winner over Connor McDavid. Yeah, I don't believe. But should he not be in that? Because should he I, get a nomination? I'm, like to me, it's not the best, the most points. The to me, MVP. Like, what is your MVP? What is your Hart Trophy? Is it the most valuable player in the league? Like the most. The yeah. best player in the world, or is it the most valuable to your team? And I always go back to the Flames and wherever when Jose Theodore won the heart over Jerome McGinley, and Jerome McGinley was responsible for forty eight percent of the Flames scoring. Yeah, I, that was BS. I, I did not. He, agree with he that. was responsible for half of a team scoring, and he lost the Hart Trophy to a goaltender who used Rogaine in his hair and blamed his t- testing positive on it. <laughs> So I I mean, I mean like I'm not opposed to goalie, but when you think of goalies who have won the Hart Trophy like Dominic Hasek, yeah, that wasn't Jose Carey Price. Theodore's season. Carey Price, won but if too. a guy is responsible for 48 percent of a team scoring, one guy in a team game. See, we got to go to a break here, and we'll, we'll leave you with this thought. And you want to text the show two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty. We'll get to some of your text messages after this. Um, this is one of the big conversations. Like, what is the Hart Trophy? Is it the guy that puts up the most points? I mean, that that's what the Rocket Richard is about, who scores the most, yeah. right? Same so, as the Norse. They have yeah. to come up with a defenseman award then. It's, it's got to be who is the player that has the biggest impact on their team. That's what I think it's got to be. It's not about who puts up the most points and all that sort of thing. It's like, who, if you take one player off of it, is the guy that is that team is going to be the most affected by his loss. An injury with him, you have the biggest impact. I could say it's probably Connor McDavid. Maybe you could even say it's Connor Hellebuck, even though the Jets played pretty good without him yesterday. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Yeah, we'll get to those. Uh, we got about three minutes here. We'll get to those um, uh, guys on the trade block real quick. But just want to get a text message in here, 204-780-6868. He goes, Helly for the Vesna, Morrissey for the Norris. That alone would make Jets top three teams. Connor with the Lady Bing again. We'll see. He's only got one. I think he's got one penalty at least so far. Um, but the Jets could see a few trophies at the end of the season. Yeah, and honestly, um, Cole Perfetti's right in there with rookie scoring as well. I think he might be third. Uh, he's definitely dancing around there, and and he could turn it on because I think he's getting better and better um, as the season goes on and stuff like that. So lots of guys to and Rick Bonus for uh, the Jack Adams. So lots of members of the Winnipeg Jets up for uh, awards and all that stuff. Well, that's the one thing the Jack Adams is loaded. Like I don't know yeah. if even if this team. Well, I think they are going to the playoffs, but I I think there's just some. There's probably seven or eight guys that could be, win the Jack Adams this year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, guys on the trade block. Uh, Bo Horvat, of course, with the Canucks. The Canucks suck. They absolutely stink. I was so unimpressed with them on Saturday when the Jets rolled over them. The Jets played a really good 60-minute game, but the Canucks didn't put up much of a fight. There's a lot of problems there, and uh, I don't know how you go about fixing that thing. But Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, Tyler Myers uh, joining the trade block as well, and some guys on the Blues maybe not being discussed enough, and maybe it's because you have GM Doug Armstrong. Maybe he's not ready to make a move there. They're three points back of Edmonton for the final wildcard spot in the West, Um, but they're at a a minus 18 goal differential. Yeah, okay, we all know they won the Stanley Cup when they were out of the the last place in the league. Okay, we 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 can keep talking about that. I don't think that's likely to happen again but guys like O'Reilly and Tarasenko I mean they're on expiring contracts could they also be pieces in Chicago I don't know I've been hearing talk of Jonathan Taves I've heard that a few times I don't know about that we'll have to wait and see there's gonna have to be a lot of moves that are guys gonna have to be taking some salary on here but there's some there's some guys here or Jacob Chikrin there was a great piece in the in in the uh, in the hockey news about about the Chikrin the Jets the Chikrin one intrigues me because that's a Kevin Shovel day off move to acquire somebody with term yeah 
And if you're going to do that, and I like that contract, I like the player, and I think it would be valuable going forward. Mm. Um, just a matter of the cost. But the Jets have three high-end forwards. They, If they pick first this year and in the playoffs, it'll be in the bottom 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have a Hainal. And if he fits in or not, and if you're if you're keeping Morrissey and Pionk and all the other power play guys, um, so that's what it would cost you. I had a great debate with my cousin, who's a massive Canucks fan, on the weekend, and he said like the Horvat thing is so disappointing. And I said they should have traded Miller, and he said yeah. no. He goes Horvat will get you more at the deadline, and I had to tell him I go Jeff. He's unless he's signing with you long term, it's just a normal trade deadline. It'll be pricey, yeah. like three assets, but. He's not like moving somewhere and then not going to free agency. Yeah. And so that's the thing with Miller is they should have, you'll get, in my opinion, in the same situation, you will get the same for Miller as you would Horvat. The the Canucks have just. Because they were both going to free agency, yeah, right? They've just missed. They've, every offseason, they've mismanaged their situation. They've totally underestimated where they were or overestimated where they were. And the Oilers are a mess too. Like yeah. Darnell Nurse at $9 million. Campbell on five years. Let's get into that tomorrow about the moves in Ken Hall. And you had a great tweet, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit of Oilers and their situation there. The Flames picking up a couple of wins here. Um, but where are they really out of a playoff spot right now? That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. Thank you very much, Tyson Ricky, for producing the show. Jim told the take all the way until 3 o'clock. That's it for me. See ya. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.